I'm going to talk about a case where one man kills 11 members of his own family. Three adults, eight kids. This man would not only get one trial for these murders, he would get three court trials. Let's talk about what people nickname the Easter Sunday Massacre right now here on Murderers in Ohio. in the southwestern part of Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, just south of Preble County, and it is right next to the Indiana state line. This case happened in the city of Hamilton. Hamilton is a decent sized city. The city does have its fair share of crime and drugs. This case happened back in 1975. This was well before the internet, cell phones, and even compact discs or CDs. There is a white two-story house that sits at 635 Minor Avenue. The house is not far from State Route 127. The house is still there now in the year of 2023. In 1975, a 65-year-old lady by the name of Charity Rupert, lived at 635 Minor Avenue. Charity's youngest son, James Rupert, also lived there. He was maybe in his late 30s. He was unemployed. James was 5'6", and he weighed about 130 pounds. He had short, dark hair that was combed over to the left side. He wore black, thick glasses. He was born in 1935. He did have a couple years in college, but he did drop out. He did train as a draftsman, but he remained unemployed. It is said that James had a drinking problem. James and his mom was arguing all the time about his drinking and not being able to keep steady employment. It is said that Charity had told her son James that she would have preferred to have a girl instead of him as a second child. James's dad, Leonard, had a short temper. He died in 1947 when James was only 12 years old. His older brother, Leonard Jr., had always picked on him. Around March of 1975, James wasn't getting along with his mom and his brother. He owed both of them money. His mom had even threatened to kick him out of the house. James was said to be modest and quiet. He had never been married. He might even have been jealous of his older brother. Leonard Jr. was married to a lady named Alma. It's spelled A-L-M-A. They had eight kids. Leonard Jr. had a degree in electrical engineering. 
He owned his own house in Franklin, Ohio. The two brothers had totally different lives. Is it really possible that what happened on Easter Sunday, March 30th of 1975, was over jealousy and resentment towards his brother and mom? Wanda Bishop might think so. On the evening of March 29th of 1975, James had gone out for a night of drinking at a place called the 19th Hole Cocktail Lounge. By the name of it, I guess this was a bar for people who were into golf. I tried to look it up on Google Maps, but couldn't find it, so I don't know if the place is still in business or not. James had talked to Wanda while drinking. He had complained about his mom and his brother. He told Wanda that his mom was on him about his drinking and about being unemployed and had threatened to evict him. James had made the comment that the problem needed to be solved. What problem was he talking about? His unemployment problem? His drinking problem? Or his mom and brother problem? James had left the bar at some point and had come back around 11 p.m. Wanda had talked to James again. She asked him if he had taken care of the problem yet. His reply was, not yet. James had stayed at the bar till 2.30 in the morning. That was the last time that we know of had talked to anyone. Till the next day, March 30th, around 7 p.m. in the evening, where he called the police to report there had been a shooting at 635 Minor Avenue. I say that because no one knows for sure, only James, Rupert, if he had any real conversation with anyone in the house at 635 Minor Avenue, Easter Sunday, March 30th, 1975. Easter Sunday, James's brother, Leonard Jr., and his wife and their eight kids had come over to spend time with Charity, the kid's grandma. James had stayed upstairs, sleeping off a night of drinking. Charity and her grandkids had an Easter egg hunt out in the yard. They were just trying to have a normal Easter Sunday. James had gotten out of bed by four in the afternoon. Charity was preparing lunch in the kitchen. Leonard Jr. and his wife was also in the kitchen. Almost all the kids were playing in the living room. It was sometime after four in the afternoon that James had come down the stairs carrying a 357 Magnum and a 22 caliber pistol in his hands. He went to the kitchen and he shot his brother, Leonard Jr., in the back of the head. James turned and shot Alma, Leonard's wife, next. Charity lunged at James trying to stop him. James shot his mom in the chest and then in the head. Three kids had come into the kitchen. David, age 11. Teresa, age 9. And Carol age 13. James shot these three kids. 
the kitchen floor was covered by the bodies of his family members. James then exited the kitchen and had gone into the living room. James's nieces and nephews were in the living room. Anne, age 12, Leonardo III, age 17, Michael, age 16, Tomage, age 15, and John, age 4. One by one, James shot and killed his nieces and nephews. Most were shot in the head and then again in the chest just to make sure they were dead. One man murdered 11 of his own family members within two to five minutes. Was this what James meant when he had told Wanda the night before that his problem needed to be solved? Why bring all that evil down on all those kids? James actually laid on the couch for a while. Around two to three hours later, after murdering all of his family, James called the police. It is stated that James said there had been a shooting. James stood by the front door and waited for the police to show up. How could anyone be prepared to walk into a crime scene as horrifying as what law enforcement would walk into at 635? Minor Avenue. I have seen where some people have said that James killed the kids because he didn't want any witnesses. Which doesn't make any sense to me because he turned himself in. He didn't go on a run. He didn't try to hide. He didn't try to pretend it wasn't him. He brought evil down on the kids. The crime scene was horrifying. There were so many bodies in the small kitchen that law enforcement would state that they could not walk through the kitchen without accidentally stepping on a body part. There was so much blood on the floor in the kitchen that it seeped through the floorboarding and was dripping into the basement below. That is a whole lot of blood. The only sign of a struggle that law enforcement could find was a overturned wastebasket. James had fired 35 rounds. Law enforcement would recover four handguns that were possibly used for these murders. The 11 victims were James's mom, 65-year-old Charity Rupert, his brother Leonard Jr., who was 42, Leonard's wife, Alma, who was 38, their eight kids, ages ranging 4 through 17 years old, Leonard III, Michael, Thomas, Carol, Anne, David, Teresa, and John. A lot of people did not think that James Rupert was the type of person that could kill 11 members of his own family. James was arrested and charged with 11 counts of murder the same day, March 30, 1975. Law enforcement did find some witnesses during their investigation. They did talk to Wanda Bishop, the lady who had talked to James the night before on March 29, 
they found out that a month before the murders that James had bought some ammunition and while buying this ammunition he had asked how he could get silencers for his guns. There were witnesses that saw James on the banks of the Great Miami River in Hamilton using tan cans to shoot at for target practice. James refused to answer law enforcement's questions and he made it quite clear that he would plead insanity. I don't believe this was a case of insanity. James would waive his right to a jury trial. Would James Rupert receive a fair trial in Butler County? This was pretty much a open and shut case. It should have been an easy one for the prosecution. The first trial for James took place in Butler County in Hamilton. The trial was for all 11 murders. It started in June of 1975. In July of that same year, he was sentenced to life in prison. This first trial would be declared a mistrial. It is said that it was because the three-judge panel did not know whether or not the vote had to be unanimous or a majority ruling. That didn't make sense to me when I first read it and it still does not make sense to me now. How does three judges not know if a ruling should be unanimous or a majority ruling before the trial even begins. This is something that is usually straightened out before the trial. There would be a new trial for James Rupert, who was the man responsible for what people nicknamed the Easter Sunday Massacre. James's lawyer did not believe that James would receive a fair trial in Hamilton. The trial got moved out of Butler County. The second trial took place 125 miles north of Hamilton in the city of Finley, Ohio. If my dates are correct, this new trial took place in July of 1975, the same month and year as the first trial was declared a mistrial. By the end of that July, another panel of three judges found James Rupert guilty of the 11 murders and sentenced him to life in prison. James would serve some of his time in Allen Correctional Institution in Lima, Ohio, and some of his time in Southern Ohio Correctional in Lucasville, Ohio. A year after the murders, the house at 635 Minor Avenue was opened up to the public. Everything in the house was auctioned off. My only question about that is, who would want to buy anything out of that house, knowing that everything in that house was owned by the murder victims? The house would be cleaned and repaired, a new family would move in. The family is said not to have known about the murders. The family was new to the area. The family did not stay at the house long, they moved out making accusations that the house was haunted. Others have tried living in the house, but no one lived there for too long. The house is still there in 2023. A 
person might think that after two trials for James Rupert, that it would be all over. He got life in prison. However, a person who thinks that would be wrong. In 1982, James Rupert would receive a third trial for the murders of 11 of his own family members. In 1982, James won an appeal. James's lawyer convinced the judges that James was insane. It took the defense team seven years to convince someone that James was insane. If he was so crazy, why did it take seven years to convince someone? I have to say, after all these years and going over all this, I don't believe he was insane. Days after the murder, James made it clear to law enforcement he would plead insanity. Insane people don't say that. The third trial would go differently for James. On July 23rd of 1982, James was found guilty of two counts of murder for his mom and his brother. That same three-judge panel found James not guilty the murders of his brother's wife and his nieces and nephews. Not guilty by the reason of insanity. So how can he be sane when he murders his mom and his brother, but insane when he murders his brother's wife and his nieces and nephews? Now if he murdered his brother's wife before his mom, which is how all the documents that I've read has this laid out. How can he go from being sane when he kills his brother to being insane when he murders his brother's wife to being sane again when he murders his mom then goes back to being insane when he murders the kids. And that's just going by how everything that I've seen has this scenario laying out because they haven't laying out that James shot his brother first, shot his brother's wife second, then his mom lunged at him trying to stop him, then that's when he shot his mom. And of course, all this is going by what law enforcement has gathered during their investigation and what little James has told them and others. James Rupert would be sentenced to 10 years to life in prison. So that means after 10 years, he would be up for parole. James would receive two parole hearings, one in 1995 and the other one in 2015. Both parole hearings he was denied. James would have another parole hearing set up in the year of 2025. He would have been 91 years old. However, James would not live long enough to be there. In 2019, James Rupert was moved to Franklin Medical Center in Columbus because of health issues. This was a medical center for inmates. He was there till the day he died on June 4, 2022 at the age of 88 years old, he died of natural causes. A long life 
for someone who done such a evil thing on Easter Sunday, March 30th of 1975. I am Bill Swafford, and this has been Murderers in Ohio. We got the devil on the road in Ohio. The Murderers in Ohio podcast and music were put together and performed by William Swafford.